My heels clicked down marble stairs. I had been in the Comte de Crequy's Paris mansion two full weeks, so maybe it was my bewilderment at finding love, losing love, or maybe it was awe. However, quite simply, I couldn't believe the place real. This broad staircase, with its rococo gilt banister, curved down four stories to an enormous hall. High overhead, a cerulean dome was decorated with florid gods and goddesses, each pointing to the central spot from which hung a mighty chandelier. To me, raised in the country, where rooms were lit either by the fireplace or one smoking candle, all the grandeur of this mansion was summed up by this chandelier. Three lackeys had to work a full week to polish the thousands of tear-shaped drops in faceted balls. Now at night, the gleaming infinity of rock crystal caught and refracted flames of the hundreds of tapers, blazing, blinding, until the roseate gods and goddesses seemed to be pointing at a captured sun. Below, black and white diamonds of the marble floor shone as if it were high noon. Two footmen, wearing powdered wigs and a crecky livery, crimson satin coats and breeches a twinkle with brass buttons, ruffled white shirts and white silk stockings, faced each other outside the Comte du Crecky study. In there, the Comte and I would sup. My mouth was dry with apprehension. It was the first time we would be alone. We were to be married Thursday next. Still, Aunt Therese, quite properly, never permitted me with him unchaperoned. But Aunt Therese was spending the night with an old friend, a widow, and this lady's son was entertaining Jean-Pierre. An hour ago, the Comte had arrived, unexpectedly. The town of Versailles lies ten miles from Paris, and there, a hundred years ago, Louis XIV had taken a royal hunting lodge, transforming it with thirty-six thousand men, working night and day, into a palace that dwarfs and fades all other palaces. I've never seen it, but everybody knows of the miles of gardens with bowers and grottoes, the fountains, streams and lakes, the pleasure pavilions, the vast interior with its endless mirrored galleries, gold-encrusted royal chambers, high-ceilinged apartments for the great nobility. As Minister of Finance, the Comte de Crecy spent most of his time in his Versailles Palace offices, sleeping there too in his private rooms. His return startled me. I was even more surprised when a footman bore up a note. Give me joy by supping with me at nine. De C. The Comte was aware that my acceptance would be highly improper. I knew it too, yet he was my guardian. And besides, he awed me with his age, not to mention his intimacy with the royal family. I wrote that I would be pleased to share his meal.